Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This is a safe space where mamas can talk openly about their highs and lows of motherhood and to look deeper into who they are as women and their journey into motherhood. We may agree and disagree or cry and laugh, but one thing for sure is we will learn from one another and have a great time. So sit back and enjoy. Hello, and welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I am on with Mrs. Colette Wagarin, based out of Chicago, Illinois, who is the daughter of one of my mother's dear friends. And I'm so excited to have her on. Colette, welcome. And why don't you introduce yourself, tell the podcast world who you are, a little bit about your motherhood journey, family life, and all of that good stuff. Sure. Thank you again for having me on this podcast. It's an honor to be here. Uh, Again, my name is Colette McGarren, and I am a mother, a wife, and an attorney. I live in the suburbs outside of Chicago, and I live with my husband and our 16-month-old daughter. So we have a pandemic baby. (laughs) She was born right before, um, she was born in December, so right before everything changed for everyone. So my motherhood journey has been very interesting because this is not how I planned it would go. Had great plans for 2020 and 2021 and then the whole world changed, but it's been amazing. There's been definitely some blessings in disguise. I practice corporate litigation at a law firm in Chicago. Uh, it's called Neil Gerber Eisenberg. We have about 150 attorneys. And one of the great things about the firm is it's very committed to work-life balance. And I've been able to take advantage of that. I had an 18 week um, maternity leave where I was completely, um, there's no calls, there's no emails except to check in and see how I was doing. So I was able to fully, fully disconnect. And then in going back to work, I actually haven't been to the office in about <laughs> two years now, just because of with you know my maternity leave and everything. They've been amazing in just understanding that I have a 16 month old, and no daycare. So my motherhood journey is, it's not how I expected it to be, but it's, it's been amazing thanks to the support of my firm and my husband and my family, because without them, I mean, it really does take a village. I'm like speeches because I'm like, you're an attorney, right? So number one, that's amazing that you have the employer support because coming from someone who didn't, they said they did, but they really didn't. And I went through a tough time. So it's kind of like, and you're back to work, correct? You haven't been in the office. I am, back to work. right. We're working, all working remotely. So we have been since March of 2020. Wow. So you went from having a, a quarantine baby, you know, here comes COVID and now you guys are kind of stuck w- with being a first time mom and then transitioning into being a working mother an attorney at that and having a baby at home. <laughs> It was, (laughs) as I said, the end of 2019, I had all these great plans, you know, professionally with my relationships, things I was going to do with myself and everything listed out that I was going to do. And then, you know, I'm at home. My mom was able to um, stay with us. She lives in South Florida, but she flew to Chicago and she was planning just to stay as long as as we needed her. So uh, she was with us the first three months, which definitely helped. And my husband's very involved, very hands-on. So I'm sitting at home, I'm watching the news, you know, (laughs) the stories keep changing. I'm like, oh, here we go. And so the other thing is I've been quarantining even before there was an order because 
I had a newborn, so I wasn't out and about. So I was looking forward to just being out in the world. And then I had to think about work. My mom flew back to South Florida in mid-March to renew her driver's license, go to some doctor's appointments. And the week she left is when everything shut down. So we planned for her to come back so that I could transition to going back to work in the office. We also lost our spot in daycare because the daycare closed. So Illinois was, uh, I mean, everything closed. Uh, some states remained partially open. Everything shut down in March for, for Illinois, particularly Chicago. So the daycare's closed <laughs> and my mom is in Florida. And the great thing also about my job is we have a ramp up period. So after you come back from maternity leave or parental leave, you have the first month, you're only expected to work at 50% capacity with your full pay and your full benefits. So that really, really helped me, <laughs> right, Pause. Wow, no, because we are in, and obviously this is, is highlighting you, right? Being a working mother, but I always find it so interesting that when I bring women on and they're sharing their story and how it turns even bigger to kind of whether it's related to what's going on in the world, because there has been so many women, unfortunately, that have had to leave the workforce due to not having employer support. Exactly. And now I'm one of those women because during the pandemic, I had two employers and unfortunately they were both women and the, the support just wasn't there. So, wow. So your your company actually has something called a ramp, ramp up period. So instead of you jumping in, you know, they're slowly giving it to you because they understand exactly. that after you have a baby things are different. And it's, it's very different. It's hard to just jump back in. And we also have, I should add, we have a ramp down period. So a month before my due date or maternity leave, my hours decrease by 50%. And so for an attorney, it's all about billable hours. So it's working on client matters and that includes sure. going to court, depositions, drafting. I mean, it, it can be very high stress. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, we have a, a great law firm. We have a lot of great clients. We have a lot of great work. So being able to just, without asking for it, That's going amazing. down to 50%, I'm not, it's a policy. So I don't have to advocate for myself. It's just accepted. And it's really, really grilled into everyone there. So it's the onus isn't on the attorneys. It, sure. You know, I, some people, they have great policies, but they're not implemented and you, you feel uncomfortable asking for them. But that's and a whole so, nother issue of right, not advocating or thinking right. there's backlash. Yes. Exactly. And so for me, even just preparing for labor, it just helped to have that nesting period with full pay and full benefits. So fast forward, I go back in virtually now to work and I'm only at 50%, which was great because that other half of the time I can be with my daughter. And then the first month is 50%, then 75%, and the third month is 100%. And I really needed that even without the pandemic, just to get, you know, to remember what it was like to practice law and to be out of the house or even in the house and dressed and to get in that mindset. So that was really helpful. And that really affected my motherhood journey because I know for so many of my friends, like you said, they didn't have the support and just the stress of being a new mother, trying to figure out your newborn, trying to figure out who you are now as a new mother, and then also having that stress of work-related stress. It just helped that that part of it was taken off my plate. Like I did not have to worry about it. That's amazing. And then of course, your other stressor is what everyone else was dealing with was this pandemic. But like you said, at least you had the employer support. So you knew that that part was good. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, that support continued now. I mean, 
fast forward, I've ramped up, but I still don't have daycare. And so my husband and I are juggling. And, you know, early on, it was a little bit easier when my daughter was, you know, four months, five months, six months, you can kind of lay her in her, whether it's her, you know, <laughs> her chair or, or something to occupy her. But the older she gets, the more you, it's really hard. And I feel it for parents who have kids in school where they have to help them with Zoom class and yeah. they have to always be on call. I, I really cannot imagine <laughs> what that what that's like. And I mean, they'll say to me, I can't imagine having a newborn. And I'm like, you know, her needs are limited pretty much. <laughs> and I have more control over her. <laughs> it is. And it's so weird because they do become independent in a certain way because it's so, it, oh gosh, motherhood with it because Jace's third is three and a half. And I'm like, gosh, he is he like I can leave him in the living room and be completely okay with it right and occasionally we'll check but if I'm in the back I have no worry but then there is this level of like he needs to be entertained so if I was working from home an employer would have to understand like dude you know I can't sit him on the in front of the tv all day so it's it's crazy the shift you know because they do become more independent he can go he can get water for himself from the fridge like there's different levels but then he's like yeah he wants to go he's running jumping mom help me what are you doing and I'm like wow you know but no that's amazing so is it a personal decision not to put into daycare or are they still not open so now they're slowly reopening. And so my daughter has been home the entire 16 months and we plan to put her in daycare because now she's ready for it. So she's at the age where I'm like, we're limited in what we can do. She needs to yeah. be with other toddlers. Like we've just been quarantining. I'm like, she needs to see other people. I mean, she sees her doctor and, you know, we'll go outside and she'll see other people, but she definitely needs that toddler experience. So we do plan on putting her in daycare probably the end of the summer since my husband now is is home most of the time his schedule is flexible because of the summertime but now they're back open and you know re-enrolling again but for those first few months it was we did not plan to no, no one planned on it so it was quite it was quite an adjustment that's awesome so tell me being a lawyer an attorney is that something you always wanted to be you know I know it's like lawyer doctor when kids are small it's kind of like ingrained right and, and they have right. that, like oh so tell me a little bit about that process and is is that always something you aspire to be or do you have like some secret passion that you're like well I also <laughs> like doing this so as a child I wanted to be a pediatrician because I love my pediatrician so much she's just amazing I still remember her name Dr. Millard in Jamaica I was born in Jamaica and so I got to call college, realized what, <laughs> what I had to do and all, you know, all the science and classes. And I was like, oh no. So I was actually an English major in college. I went to Florida State University. And then after that, I, I got my master's degree at Georgia State and I started teaching and I loved teaching, loved my students. I taught high school English and it was great, but there's a certain point where I wasn't challenged anymore. And, it, you know, I'm in my early 20s and teaching high schoolers. So once I got the discipline down, it was easy to connect with them. And I just love the subject matter. And law school came about and just, you know, the universe works <laughs> in mysterious ways. My uncle made a comment to me something I didn't. He's like, wow, you'd be a great judge. And it's one of those comments just, just stuck with me. And two days later, my dad said something to me about, you'd be a great lawyer. And so it just for some reason, <laughs> the timing, the combination of the two comments. And I said, you know, I'm not going to spend a lot of money prepping for the law school entrance exam. I'll just see how it goes. So I went to Barnes and Noble, the actual physical bookstore, got a, a law school test review book and just studied 
took the test. And the next thing I know, I've been accepted to University of Chicago in Illinois. I'd never been to Illinois before. <laughs> wow. So I went to visit the law school, loved it. And this was in 2009 and 2010, I started law school. It was three years. So I graduated in 2013. And while I was in law school, I summered at law firms here in Chicago and um, including the law firm that I am now we're in our practice. And so I've been <laughs> been wow. in Chicago ever since, but it was not something that I was always thinking about or dreaming about, and especially not moving to, to Chicago, but I love it. I, wow, that's amazing. I love serendipity and things that kind of just happen. Oh, life is so funny because that's amazing. Like you're like, all right, well, let me see. There's no harm, no foul. Right, exactly. And then you get accepted and you're like, oh, wow, so I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> right. And initially I thought I would go to University of Florida. It's a great law school, but when I got accepted to University of Chicago, I can't turn this down. Like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity and I'm so glad I mean my whole world changed though. And so you do enjoy it because you're from Jamaica, Florida, the, the, it's so close to the, the Caribbean weather and you enjoy Chicago winters and all that. I love it. I love Chicago. <laughs> I love the city. I love the diversity and my family lives in South Florida. So it's easy to take, you know, a quick plane ride to yeah, South true. Florida to, <laughs> to thought of it, but. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. You have it here. So it's like, whenever you need to run, come. Exactly. Exactly. Even with you the winter is the summer, the spring and the fall completely makes up for it. Like we just forget all about it. <laughs> I know that is one thing that I feel like, yes, especially being in South Florida, which I know you can attest to because you did live here. Because when you do travel to other places, you do see the beauty. Like I'm like, gosh, you know, yeah, we may have quote unquote beaches, which as a Floridian, you don't even go to regularly exactly. anyway, because nobody has the time, but it is beautiful. But I'm like, you go to so many other places and you're like, oh, Wow. So how was pregnancy and postpartum for you? Did you experience anything? I know you said it made it easier for you, but did you feel a shift and or in your marriage? I know because you and your husband, from what I remember, you guys married and then did you get pregnant shortly after? Because I know my husband and I, yeah. we married and we got pregnant shortly after. Yeah, we so. got married August, 2018. And then we found out we were pregnant in April, 2019. So yes. we're like, let's take a couple vacations and a couple trips and <laughs> let's get and this get going. Pregnant. Yeah. Uh, so it was, you know, pregnancy for first time pregnancy was, it was great. We're just so excited. And we're going to all the doctor's appointment. And again, pre-COVID life is so different now for yeah. a lot of new moms, but it was great. It was, I traveled a lot. I was still working <laughs> full time until like that last month that I, I actually started working from home. So that was a blessing in disguise because I ended up buying a desk and setting myself up because <laughs> I, I had usually commute and I take the train and just, you know, the side like, <laughs> and the extra weight. I was like, it's not worth it for me to commute anymore. It's much easier to just stay home. But even with my mom and my husband, it was a blur. So I had, you know, a birth plan like many new mothers do and it didn't go as planned I ended up having a c-section because mm -hmm. my water broke and the baby didn't descend just stayed at the same <laughs> I think it's like five centimeters for like 24 hours so mm. I was really happy to have my mom and I was working with a doula before delivery and I'm so grateful that she prepared me a bit because yeah. you know, she brought it up and she's like you know it could happen just think about it and so when it did happen, I wasn't as shocked as I think I would have been because she had, she'd mentioned it to me. And so having her there and having the support was great, but just the recovery was, it, 
I mean, it's major surgery and you're dealing with all the hormones and trying to breastfeed. And then I had to yeah. supplement and it's just so many things I didn't plan for. I read all the books. I took all the classes. <laughs> I researched on my own. I mean, I am a lawyer, so I, I researched everything and it's like nothing actually prepared me for just the whole process. And then even after the healing, when the baby's here and it's, you know, is she colicky? Does she have gas? It's just so, so many things. So those first couple months, it just seems like a big blur. There's so much, so much going on. But now looking back, it was so great to have that help. And I think having the help and being able to sleep really allowed me to take care of myself as well. And I think my mom and my husband were very, they were very just accommodating because they, and I think that's really important too, that they would give me the space. You know, my mom would take the baby and she'd just just go to sleep. (laughs) And then my husband would do the same. So I think just Mm -hmm. having people in your life that realizes you just had a baby. Yes, we care about the baby, but we also care about you as a mother as well and about your health and about your recovery was really important. No, absolutely. Because you did all the research, what do you think was missed? What do you feel like you needed to hear and looking back that might've made a difference? Or do you feel that, look, everyone's journey is what it is and until you're in it, you still don't know? You know, I think I just had this idea. Nobody, nobody talked to me about like what delivery really is, regardless of the delivery. They tell you you the scientific centimeters, but it doesn't tell you. Right, right. You see your friends online and social media or even in person and they're pregnant and then they have a baby and it's like the nice pictures. Like nobody talks to you about the in-between and the books mention it a little bit, but I didn't know the questions to ask. So I was like, I didn't know this is what happens to your body, regardless of how you, you know, how you deliver. And I heard about, you know, postpartum depression. And so I, I kept that in mind, but I, I also think there's this, like, you'll know, like, you'll know when you're feeling it, you'll, you'll feel so bad and really wasn't bad. It was just, it was hard. (laughs) And so the best, and my mother-in-law, my husband's mother, one of the things she said to me was that you know, as you're pregnant and even after delivery, everyone will ask about the baby. Everyone will want to know how the baby's doing. What's, you know, baby, baby, baby. And she's like, a lot of people won't ask about you. And, you know, it's not their fault, but she made it a point to always ask me how I'm doing. And I think that really helped me to prepare because everyone just asked about the baby, but it also helped me to say like, to be assertive and to say what I want as well. She just gave me the permission to say, and it's okay to be like, yes, the baby's fine, but what I need is X, Y, Z. So I think that really was one of the most helpful advice that I got because I really wasn't prepared for it at all. No, that's so true. And to go back to you saying like with your mom and your, your husband helping, think it's important for women to hear that because I think a lot of times we take on like, we need to do it, we need to do it. And the fact that they were so concerned and making sure that you were also good because I know they say like when you're sleep deprived and things of that nature, that's when mom rage does happen, right? That's when it it amplifies like in any situation, but now you just had a baby, you're recovering from a surgery. And it, it always still boggles my mind that like in other countries, they do have a village, right? There are some countries where you know, the whole literal village comes. And if a woman has a baby, you know, they'll, they'll take the baby, take care of it. And, and of course, give the baby back when the mother needs to breastfeed to have that connection, but they let the mother sleep. They cook for her. Everyone takes turns. And I'm like, gosh, 
But in the United States, it's such taboo. And it's crazy to me because it's, I feel like if someone has that, then you have to be a certain stature, you know, certain level um, right, economically right. to kind of afford it. Exactly. Um, exactly. Or it's like too bougie or people are like, oh, I don't know. Do I really need that? And I'm like, God, right. you know, I wish we could break that stigma away and have more women know that it is okay to accept that help, which right. I'm so happy you're talking about because I know I couldn't. I, I don't know. I think I just wanted to be the only one with Jace and I just didn't know. I don't know. I just didn't know. And because I thought I came from having an executive level position that I could be able to handle it. Right. I've, I've had teams before I can manage it. Right. It's so different. <laughs> it's so absolutely, different. absolutely different. And, you know, society places all this burden on us. Like you have to do it all. You have to be the professional, the great mother, the great wife, the great daughter. And so there's no room to take care of yourself. And even with my husband, I was doing that a lot. Like I was just doing everything with the baby. And so then I just realized that days could go by and I wouldn't leave the house just to get some fresh air. And so we started working in shifts and, you know, again, it's just the three of us, including my daughter, but we do shifts so that one person will be the be with the baby for, you know, five, six hours, but then you have time to just read or watch a movie or just relax because otherwise either one of us will just be with the baby nonstop. And so I feel like for us working, working, uh, parenting and shifts help so that we have time where we can go out and run errands or just take some me time because, you know, the baby's cute. You want to be with the baby, but you could just be, on, you know, with the baby all week and you never go outside. <laughs> so that really forced us to be able to, and also to split and to divide up the responsibility because then neither one of us feels as if we're doing all of the work. So I think that was, I'm happy that we do that and it just works with our family. Again, not everyone is able to, sure. to split their time up. It's just so happens that we're both home, but I think that's something that was simple for us, but it really made sure that I wasn't doing all of the work and it forced me to spend some time, you know, with myself, even for men getting a nap in the middle of the day whatever it is that you felt like you needed at that time, which I think is so key. Cause you know, like I said, it does feel like you're on auto autopilot because gosh, I remember those early days of motherhood. And even now where the days get mm -hmm. lost and you get lost in the time and you know, you're like, gosh, we've been up and it's already nap time and you've done this. And then right. like you said, you haven't even been outside and maybe when you want to go outside, but you're like, wait, who's going to watch the baby? And then you have to do this. And it then becomes day after day and it's just the same level. And I think that's when sometimes women can get into that mode because it's like, is this it? You know, like is right. there nothing more? What what am what exactly. am I what am I doing to kind of refill and recharge for myself? Right. And just seek help too. My husband always was like, what can I do? But I always just like, oh, I can do it just so much easier if I if I do it my way. So it helped me to release some of that control. <laughs> A girlfriend of mine who was on here, she said one of the best <clears throat> excuse me, advice she got. And I was like, gosh, I wish I would have heard this was she was told her husband would not do it the way she wants it to be done. will never do it the way you want it to be done. So let it go. And I was like, gosh, I wish I would have heard that because <laughs> I know for my husband and I, we struggled and maybe not even so much him. Cause I think he's just Mr. Cool, calm and collected. So it was what it was. I was the one and whatever the little things of getting frustrated with or mm -hmm. the resentment on some things. And I'm like, gosh, I, I wish someone would have told me that. And the woman star, she was like, yeah, she's like, and that changed because when I saw what she meant, 
where maybe it was creeping in like why and she was like nope I gotta he's never gonna do it so why even fight he's need to do it he needs to do it his way and I need to do it my way of course we have shared values and things of that nature and that's different but whether it's changing a diaper she's like let it go and I'm like gosh that's so important for parents to hear because I think as women we just you know yeah we're the mom so we're like we'll figure it out we'll do it and we'll do it our way but it's like, we, we got to let them be able to do it and too. We get burnt out. And I mean, the diaper will get changed. The baby will get fed. I mean, the result is that <laughs> the baby will be taken care of whichever, whichever way that you do it. But it's true about just relinquishing some of that control and just letting him help and letting him do it his way. Because at the end, the baby's fed, the baby's clothed. <laughs> and healthy and happy and thriving. Exactly. And that's all that matters. So because you have been home and, you know, I know you said that Kinsey will be going into daycare and all of that good stuff. What do you do then to kind of recharge and refill your cup? What are the things that you feel like have helped, especially during this time, you know, that have kind of brought you back up when maybe you were feeling a little down or like I said, your cup needed to be refilled? You know, it's been so difficult because normally I'd say I take a vacation and just disconnect. (laughs) But for me, and it, it changes. So I'll make time for myself. Sometimes I'll read a book. I love to read. So I'll set aside an hour where Kinsley's napping or she's gone to bed. And I'm like, I have to take this hour for myself today. I, it was, you know, I've been up 18, 20 hours. I've given time to everything else. Like I have to make it a priority to give myself this time. So I'll read a book or I'll watch a show or something else that just really helps me. Sometimes I'll go for a drive and get Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts, just something for me to clear my mind. And that especially helped, you know, the early days of the pandemic when it was not a lot um, that we could that we could do. <laughs> but it's just taking some time for me. And it can be so hard with work and with Kinsley and all the other hats that we wear as women. But if I don't make this time for myself, you know, nobody else is going to carve it out. So for me, it's just things that I enjoy, whether it's just a drive to get a treat or reading a book or watching one of my favorite shows. And what about for you and your husband? How do you guys make time for each other? So we, so Kenzie goes to bed at seven. I'm so grateful she sleeps through the night. So <laughs> we're very intentional because otherwise we'll just waste the rest of the night. You know, it's one thing when the baby's, you're like, oh, I can't do anything. But it's another thing when the baby's asleep and you still are not making <laughs> the best use of the time. So we just set date nights where we watch our shows. So we have a lot of NBC shows and big <laughs> wolf shows that we watch. And it's really just a time where we're not talking about Kinsley because it's so easy for her to just dominate every conversation because we just love her so much and we want to talk about everything that she does. <laughs> of course. But, right. We want to set aside, you know, adult time for us, for he and I to just talk about whatever's going on outside of parenting and then to just enjoy watching Family Feud or Law and Order or something else. So it, again, but it's being intentional because otherwise we both have so many things going on that it can just, we cannot have a date night for weeks if we're not careful. Yeah, no, for sure. I know um, scheduling another woman I had interviewed on here um, had mentioned she actually prioritizes and schedules for the next month, her family and her time. So, cause then I was like, oh, wow, that's so, I love that because usually we look to put like, okay, business stuff or whatever is going right. on. And then we'll look and say, okay, well, what are we going to do for the family left. time? 
And she's like, no, my family time and my time comes first. And then I'll talk to people and be like, okay, well, this is when I'm available. And I was like, right. oh God, I love that to implement that because then that's really showing that you're um, committed and dedicated to kind of prioritizing yourself and your family. Oh, I remember Jay, she used to go to bed at seven o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be actually like six to seven. And then I think it's like six thirties between six thirty, seven thirty. And and then, you know, as he gets just older and you know, I get busy and then, you know, by the time we have dinner, it's like six, six thirty. And I think mm-hmm. I also I don't push it as much. You know, life just happens. But yeah, right. he used to go to bed between six thirty and seven thirty and I loved it. But he's still in bed between eight thirty and nine, you know, which isn't too bad. And he'll sleep through the night, you know, and wake up like close to seven. So it's not bad. And it still gives my husband and I some time. But my heart goes out to the parents who, yes, I, like my sisters, like my niece, she still wakes up in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. You know, so sure. I, I know that struggle and I know it's hard. But yeah, you got to, you got to prioritize and and try and fit in where you can. What is your word or what was your word? I don't know if you, if you do anything like that, create vision boards or goals for 2021. You know, after 2020, I was like, I'm just trying to get by at this point (laughs) (laughs) because all of my goals and plans is like, well, there goes that. So for 2021, I, I love that question about what is your word? Cause I think that's for me, it's much better than having like a detailed board because you just never know what will happen, but I am a huge fan of vision boards, but my word is brave. Mm. And I chose that word because especially as a new mother conquered so much, we've been through a pandemic, we're hopefully coming out on the other side of it. And I really just want to give myself permission to take on challenges. Like I don't have to shrink back. I can do hard things, you know, I've had a baby. (laughs) That's really what I think about just brave, especially my career, just, you know, going for those leads. I'm a senior associate. I want to be a partner. I can still be a partner and be a mom and be a wife and take care of myself. So things that I may have kind of just shrunk back from because for whatever reason, I was like, oh, I'm not prepared. It's not the right time. Like, I just really want to be more brave and really just to to step forth and take on more challenges because I can do it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I can do hard things. And now, and ever since reading the book, that's kind of my been my thing of telling myself, like, you can do hard things. And like you said, you had a baby. Right. You brought life into this world. <laughs> There's nothing else. You know, pregnancy for 10 months is, is no joke. <laughs> if you have a child, you parented through a pandemic, but you know, to be a first time mom and going directly from that, like, you know, you lost any aspect of, okay, maybe taking the baby out to mommy and me classes and doing certain things. So I couldn't even imagine what that felt like. So it's like, you have to kind of be a cheerleader for yourself and say, look, you can do this. And if you can do that, then the sky's the limit. Everything else is, is there for you. So that's awesome. Okay, so let's get into my quick get to know. This is where I like to kind of just ask some questions. Favorite book or one to recommend? So I love to read. There's so, so many books. But one of my favorite books that was released last year is called The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. And it is just an amazing read. I sat down and I read it, I think in two to three days. It's nonfiction. So okay. it's, it's a nonfiction novel and it's about, just briefly, it's about twins and it chronicles their life. So they're black women, but because of their skin tone, one of the twins, their identical twins is able to pass as white. And so it chronicles her life living as a white woman and her twins life continuing to live as a black woman. And I mean, it just 
It's such a fascinating read. And I don't read books more than once that often. I just move on. But it's one of those books where I'm like, I need to read it again. It's amazing. And it's such a different plot than any other book that I've read. Wow. No, that sounds, I, I know the um, listeners can't see, but my mouth is open because I'm like, that sounds so intriguing and what that life was like and how many different elements that that is touching. That's deep. Exactly. And it goes through their lives from teenagers through adulthood and then how it affects their children <laughs> later on in life. It's just, I mean, as I said, the plot is something that's so new. I've never read anything like this. It's, it's a great book. Love it. Favorite movie or genre of movie? I love comedies. I like to laugh. Romantic comedies are great. And also action movies. But I think now, especially <laughs> if I'm watching something, I, I don't want to be depressed, except if it's, you know, Law and Order. But, uh, <laughs> I do love romantic comedies. Awesome. What has motherhood taught you? Motherhood has taught me that everything I thought I knew, I don't know at all. It, it just has changed everything, but that's okay because I'm learning as I go. And so it's really just, you know, I love the title of your podcast, Mama Knows Best, because I just have to trust my gut. And it's really just taught me to really just be confident. I'm, I mean, I'm confident in the law. I'm confident in different relationships, but with motherhood, it really just challenged just everything from the diaper I chose to, and it just makes you question everything and, and that's okay. So it's really just taught me that like, I can trust my instincts. I can trust my gut in every area. So I think it just reinforced that for the areas where I was already confident but it definitely, I think it took my confidence and then it gave it back to me. <laughs> I think because the stakes are high, higher, especially right. if you know that you're intentional about, and I don't want to say being a good mom, but really being just intentional with the world that we live in. And are you raising a kind human being, but also right. making sure that they're on track, you know, academically and choosing the right school. Like, you know, we hear any little decision we make can make or break, right? And, and we're fearful exactly. of that, which is why I try and be conscious myself of who I follow on Instagram and certain accounts and stuff to make sure that it's giving me the reminders that I need that, you know, it's okay. If I don't have the structure, because I was very structured early on, like I said, I was a nervous wreck with Jace, but it was like weighing on me. Like, I'm like, well, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. It, it's okay. You know, like that one day, like it's okay. And I still tell myself it's okay. You're resilient. If you don't have it in the diaper bag, you'll get it at the store. Exactly. I was the same way. And it's so much pressure. <laughs> it's too much pressure. It really is. And then you don't enjoy those moments because you're, you're thinking about what did I do? I forgot the hat. How can I forget the hat? It's a sunny day. She'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. And you're like sitting there worried about the hat. And it's like you missing moments of her growing and milestones that she's doing. So a thousand percent. And actually I'm going to pivot to this question. How has it made you and your mom? Cause I know you and your mom, at least from what my mom has told me, like you guys have Very always cool. had a close relationship and stuff. How has that dynamic been? So we've always been close. We've always talked every day, but ever since she went home and went to Florida in March, I mean, we FaceTime so I have the smallest thing. I'm like, mom, look at this tree. Like, I just take pictures all the time. But it really just has, you know, my mom's an excellent mom and I've always appreciated her. But I think having Kinsley just really 
made me realize just how, I mean, I can't even imagine being a mom in 1985 and my parents, they were in Jamaica. It's very different from me now and all the resources that we have and financially, emotionally, just all of the different support. And she didn't have any of that. And yet she still was just an amazing mother. And she's an amazing grandmother too. I love that we still have a great relationship and you know, she's not the kind of mom that's like, do it this way, do it that way. She's so supportive. I mean, having her here for three months, she really came to help. And I really appreciated that from her because I know that's not the, <laughs> the same with every mother-daughter relationship, but I mean, she really came to help me. Of course, enjoy her granddaughter, but just her presence, she's like, go to sleep. I'll do this. I'll cook you breakfast. So I just it brought us so, so much closer than, than we were. And I really just appreciate all she had to do, all the sacrifices that she had to make for me. And again, even with all the resources that I have, parenting is still hard. So <laughs> I just cannot imagine what it was like for her as a new mom all those years ago. And it's funny because I actually, one of the things that calmed me down is I'd be like, like your mom did it without anything that we remotely have. Like right. I was like, Ma, how did you sleep without a baby monitor? I would have been up all night. She was like, what do you think I'm a nervous wreck now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no internet. Like I can easily Google something or find an online class or buy a book. And it's just, you just had to go and there's no support for you know postpartum and, and everything else. And yet- Dang. They did a great and job. Here we That's are. why I'm like, we'll snap out of it. They were able to do, I mean, granted, you know, and not downplaying what it is, but it does put things in perspective of knowing like, wow. And look, you know, she raised an amazing daughter. You know, I like to think my mother the same, you know, gosh, if they were able to do that with the limited resources that they had and worked with what they got, I think, right. I think we got this. We'll be okay. <laughs> I think we'll be okay. Any other final thoughts to the podcast world? Anything you want to share, put out there? Miss all the moms out there. However you came to that role, I think you're doing the best that you can. And that's all that matters. I remember a man at my job, a partner at my job told me this. He's like, you're the only mother she'll ever know. So there's no comparison. And it just, it was meant to be a joke, but I was like, actually, it's great. Our kids think we're doing a wonderful job. <laughs> and one day when they get older, they'll sit back in the same way that you and I are talking about our parents, they'll talk about us. So I think it's just, you don't have to do it all. Like you, you don't have to do it all. Just do what it is that's important to you and do the best that you can. And that really is good enough because our kids love us so much and it all goes by so fast. These last 16 months have just, <laughs> have just flown by. So all the moms out there, you are doing a great job. I love that. Well, Colette, it's been amazing having you on. Thank you so much for sharing your insight, for sharing some of your motherhood journey with the podcast world, dropping some gems. I appreciate you and take care. Hope to talk Thanks soon. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. Please share this episode, download it, rate, review, and subscribe to my show if you haven't already done so. And tune in next time to hear another fierce mama share her motherhood journey. Continue blessings to you all for love and light.